Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Um, that works as well. But turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 32. Um, I'm excited to close out our series on prayer this morning as we look at this passage here today. So we're going to be in Genesis 32. We're going to start in verse 22 and um, see what all God has for us this morning. Uh, So it says here in this passage, during the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servants' wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. Verse 24, this left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Ouch. Uh, Then the man said, let go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name, the man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. For now you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name, the man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. And Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left the place, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. And it says in verse 32, even today the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. We just join with me one more time as we pray, as we enter into our our time together in the word. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to gather together and to sit under the word of God and to receive what you have for each and every one of us this morning. Lord, I pray that you would meet each of us right where we are and you'd bring us to that place that you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Um, Well, I grew up in an awesome house with a brother, one brother. How many of you here? Does anybody here, uh, ladies, have a brother? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I feel your pain. I'm right there with you. No. Uh, my brother's younger than me. He's actually sitting on the front row, um, Cody. And uh, growing up, I, I, I think God made me stronger by giving me a brother. And do I have any ladies out there that you're stronger because you had a brother? Yep, yep. Um, and I think many of the reasons why is because we knew how to fight over the front seat. Um, we, all, we, we both wanted shotgun. Um, and on occasion, there would be sore... Um, you know, pains in our back because we might have punched each other on our way to running to the to the, to get shotgun. Um, but we 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 knew how to have fun. We also knew how to wrestle with each other. And I'll never forget this one moment in particular um, when my we were younger and you know younger brothers. You know, he was younger than me, and I I was older, so I was a little bit bigger. But then there came a point when you know in our play wrestling messing around where suddenly the tides turned. And, um, and 
I was now being the one pinned on the ground, and, um, and I couldn't move, and I couldn't get up, and I'm like screaming for help, mom and dad, come and save me, right? Um, my brother was a wrestler in high school, actually. He actually was a wrestler in high school, not WWE. I know you're all thinking, like, what, what was his nickname? You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, anybody from our generation, you're like, I watched that, Jake the Snake. Um, Anyways, Uh, but he he was actually a wrestler in high school, and wrestling is quite an interesting sport. I'm just going to say that. Um, it's, I mean, you're up in each other's face. You're up in each other's business, right? And and to win, you've got to hold on, and you've got to get that person, your opponent, in position where you can pin them. But you've got to hold them long enough, right, until, until the, the ref or whatever they call that guy, the referee, the umpire. No, he's not an umpire. I was, I was at baseball this weekend. Um, until they call it for you, right? Well, here in this passage, it's really interesting because we see that there's a man that shows up to wrestle with Jacob. But this isn't just any ordinary man we discover a little bit later in the passage. But before we dive into what's happening here, I really think we need to rewind and figure out who is this guy that we're talking about? Who is Jacob? And what has happened to lead us to this point? Jacob, his name was actually named heel grabber. It means heel grabber or supplanter. When he was younger and when he was in his mother's womb, God spoke to his mom, Rebecca, and said, you have actually two sons in your womb, and they are going to become two great nations, and they're, they're, the, the older is actually going to serve the younger. As the, the two boys are born, Jacob comes out, and he's literally grabbing the heel of his brother as he comes out of the womb, and thus he gets the name Jacob, heel grabber. As they grow... We begin to see some things in Scripture as we rewind back to Genesis 27, 28, 29, 30. We see some things transpiring in Jacob's life. And as they're growing as young men, the Bible says that Isaac, who is his father, Isaac loved Esau. Esau was the man's man. Esau was the burly man. Esau was the hunter. Where Jacob was, he, he liked to kind of stay home. He didn't like to get his hands dirty with all that stuff. He, he stayed home with mom. He did the cooking. But, but the Bible says that Isaac loved Esau and Rebekah loved Jacob. And as we move forward in the, in the passages of, of Scripture about Jacob's life, we see that there comes a point as his father's getting older and the sons are now older, and it's time for the father to, to pass on some blessings, the father to, to pass on, in a sense, the, the inheritance. And typically, it would go to the older son. And as we read through this, we, we see that, that Rebecca and Jacob begin scheming. Um, Jacob first steals the birthright from, from Esau, the birthright of being the firstborn. He steals that with a, a bowl of stew, and you can, you can read that at another time. And then now it's time for the father to pass on that blessing over, over his son, his oldest, and it was meant to be over Esau. And Jacob, through trickery, dresses himself up, puts hair on his arms because Esau was a hairy man. And so he puts some hair on his arms and he goes in and tricks his father, presenting himself as though he's Esau so that he can get the blessing that was meant for Esau instead. So Jacob is a supplanter. He's a manipulator. He's a schemer. 
And when this happens, his brother gets irate. You can only imagine, right? First, you stole my birthright. Now you've stolen my blessing. I hate you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin you. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get after you. And mom hears about this. And mom discovers that Esau's going to kill Jacob because of what he's done. And so Rebecca sends Jacob away and says, go, go to this land, go to my relatives, find a wife, go. And so Jacob flees his father's house because he has manipulated circumstances and situations to get his way, to get what he thought he wanted most. And he's fleeing now. And as he's fleeing, he actually has an encounter with God where God gives him a dream and he encounters God. And after that encounter, we see that Jacob makes a vow. You would think that Jacob would be like calling out on God in this moment, my, my brother hates me, he wants to kill me, Lord forgive me. But that's not what happens. Instead, Jacob sees this vision. He wakes up and he's like, God, if you will do this, then I'll do. And it's a little bit of a bargaining that's happening. As I, as I look at the passage there, I don't really see God, um, Jacob, praying to God and crying out to God with all his heart for God to, to move in his life. I really see Jacob saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work this to my advantage. Hey, God, if you're going to do this, then I'll do that. Has anybody else done that in here? I know I have. Like, God, if you will just get me out of this situation, I swear I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. Right? I don't know that's so much of a prayer as it is, like, you know, I'm bargaining with the Lord. Come on, God. This happens, if we continue to fast forward, he has this moment where he's trying to bargain with God for God's blessing. He goes to his relatives, he finds a woman that he falls in love with, and Jacob begins to get a little taste of his own medicine. As he's there, he wants this wife so badly, and the father of the young woman tricks Jacob. Gets a little bit of his own, taste of his own work there. So Jacob ends up there longer because he ends up getting a wife that he actually didn't want and he wasn't thinking that he was working for and he ends up getting another one. It's a long story. Go back and read it. It's pretty cool. But now, this all happens. Jacob's got family. He's got sons. He's got possessions. He's got all of these animals. He, he, and God shows up to him and says, it's time for you to go back to your father's house. It's time for you to go back home. But what was interesting was when he initially left home the first time, his mom said, go to your relatives over there. And when your brother has cooled off, when your brother isn't mad anymore, when he doesn't want to wrestle you, pin you to the ground and kill you any longer, I'll call for you to come back home. Mom hasn't called yet, but God spoke and said, you're going to go home. So I can only imagine how Jacob's feeling in this moment, right? I'm going back to the place where I'm going to see the brother who wants to kill me. Not, not sure I'm feeling total peace about that, right? I mean, that, if I put myself in Jacob's shoes, that's kind of what I would be struggling with in that moment. So Jacob starts making his way to go back home. And as he does that, before the middle of the night when the man shows up to wrestle with Jacob, there's a moment where Jacob prays a very heartfelt prayer. And it's right here in verses 9 through 12 of chapter 32. Before this moment 
where God shows up and begins to wrestle with Jacob, Jacob prayed. And it says, then Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives, and you promised me I will treat you kindly. I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown to me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. Oh, Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to attack me along with my wives and children. But you promised me I will surely treat you kindly, and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore, too many to count. A pretty awesome prayer, isn't it? When I look at this prayer, this is, this is what I see here. I see that, that Jacob is acknowledging God. He's, he's saying here right at the beginning, O oh God of my grandfather Abraham, O oh God of my father Isaac, O oh Lord. What, what do I see there? I see him acknowledging, hey, you've been the God of my grandfather. You've been the God of my father, and now you are my Lord. You are my Lord. And then we see that he reminds the Lord of his word. And I look at this and I'm like, okay, that, that's, that's awesome. Because I think that there are moments in our lives when we come up against circumstances and situations. Maybe we're, we're struggling with fear. Maybe we've got something going on that we're facing. And we just don't know what to pray. Can I encourage you? Pray God's word. Just remind God of his own word. You'll never go wrong when you rehearse his word to him. God, you told me, Jacob said. God, you told me. And then we see that he admits that he is unworthy. Jacob says, I am not worthy. What is he doing in this moment? He is recognizing that, God, you have been with me all along. All throughout my life, you have been with me. All throughout my life, you have allowed me to obtain all of this, all of these blessings, this family, these possessions. God, I'm unworthy. I think in that moment, Jacob's realizing how he got all of those possessions. God allowed him to have them, but the means by which Jacob obtained them was not necessarily the greatest, right? some scheming, some manipulating, some, some strategic human intellect working to gain a lot of what he had, but he's recognizing, God, I'm not worthy. You've allowed me to have all this. You've allowed me to possess all of this. And then he goes back in and he begins to plead with the Lord. Oh, Lord, please rescue me. I'm afraid. Can I just encourage you as we close out our series on prayer? And I love what Pastor Ben talked about so many times throughout this series. Prayer is just simply a conversation with God. And, and in our conversations with God, no matter what we're facing in life, daily, every morning, waking up and just being honest with the Lord. 
Because the reality is he knows it all already, right? He knows how we're feeling. He knows what we're struggling with. He knows what we're thinking. He knows the intent of our very heart. He knows it all. And I love that Jacob, in this moment, he just, he pleads with God, oh God, rescue me. Rescue me. I'm afraid. So bear it all to the Lord and be like, God, here's what's going on in my life, and this is how I feel about it. And then he closes again with rehearsing God's promises. But you promised me. You promised me. This prayer that Jacob prayed was the invitation for God to come and move in his life and in his circumstances. This prayer was what opened up the door for this wrestling match that we read at the beginning of the service. The man, Jacob, up to this point, seemingly has, 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 he's obtained what he wanted through manipulation, through deceit, through human intellect, strategy, but yet he was at a loss at what to do in this moment. He had all the things. Have you ever been there before where you've got all the things? You've got the job, you've got the car, you've got the wife, you've got the spouse, you've got the kids, you've got the house, you've got all the things, but yet here I am and I just don't know what to do. And here's Jacob, he prays this prayer and then in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, I imagine it wasn't a very peaceful night because here's what happened. As he prays, and as he's on his journey, he's sending servants with gifts because he's, he's doing all the things to, to try to appease his brother. And so he puts all these things together. He sends servants with gifts and says, give it to my brother Esau. Maybe it'll appease his anger. And then he sends more. And then he sends more. And the servants come back and say, we saw your brother, and he's coming with 400 men. He's got an army. All of your attempts, Jacob, all of your scheming, all of your attempts to, to work this out, he's still coming and he has an army. And so in the middle of the night, probably a very sleepless night, probably a night where he's tossing and turning and, and just imagining all the scenarios going on that could happen. In the middle of the night, he gets up and he's like, I gotta do something, I don't know what to do. And so he sends his family across. He sends all of his possessions across. And Jacob is left alone. And then the man appears. And who is this man? Who is this man? In verse 24, it just says, a man appears and starts wrestling with Jacob. I, if, it, if I sit there long enough and just think about this, and I try to put myself in Jacob's shoes, I'm thinking it's a spy from my brother Esau coming to kill me now. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what is going through his mind, but Jacob's like, all right, let's do this. And he just starts wrestling. And we don't see, you know, uh, he, he's trying to figure out who it is. It's just we just see that this wrestling match gets started. And, and we see later on, if we look at the whole context of the passage, we see in verse 24 it says it's a man. But in verse 28 and verse 30 it says it's God. What is this? The scholars believe that this is a Christophany. It's an appearance or non-physical manifestation of Christ. Christ, who is fully God, fully man, appearing before his incarnation before Jacob and wrestles with him. 
See, when we pray, God often shows up in ways that we're not expecting. I can only imagine that Jacob, when he prayed that prayer, that, that calling out to God, you're my God, and I'm reminding God of his promises, admitting I'm not worthy, pleading with God to save him. I imagine that Jacob probably thought, this is how God's going to show up. God's going to just blast the army and, 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 and change my brother's heart, and he's going to welcome me. I don't know. Yeah, he probably imagined this grand moment where God showed up and angels appeared and stopped him in their tracks. I mean, who knows? But God showed up as an answer to Jacob's prayer as a man that wrestled with him. God shows up in ways that maybe we don't always expect. But why did God wrestle with Jacob? Because often God meets us at the place that we're at in order to bring us to where he wants us to be. And he met Jacob as a wrestler because Jacob was a wrestler. He knew how to strive. He knew how to wrestle with man. And so here God comes, all right. I'm going to meet you where you're at, Jacob. When we look at the scripture, we see that God actually met Abraham. Abraham was traveling to a place that God called him to. Uh, God showed up to Abraham as a traveler. And, and Abraham goes, come and stay with me in my tent. God showed up to, to Joshua, who was a soldier. He shows up to Joshua as the, 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 the general of the Lord's army. God showed up to him that way. And here, God shows up to Jacob as one who wrestles. Now, do I have any dads in here? Can you raise your hand? Do I have any dads? Come on, you guys are awesome. I love seeing dads and men leading their families to Christ and in the church. It's awesome. Well, there, there's something that I've seen. My husband's done it. I've seen my brother do it. He's got two boys. Um, blessed to have two nephews that I love so much. I had two girls, so I didn't know the boy life. The boy life is, is rowdy. Woo! Y'all are rowdy. Well, I've seen this, and you've probably done it before, when, you're, when your kids are just little, and you start wrestling with them, Right? And you wrestle with them, and, and, and the dad then pretends to be overcome by the kids, right? And out of love, the, the, they're wrestling, and the, the father begins to like, oh, and, and he's getting pinned by, by his son, and, and the son is thinking, I'm the bomb. Like, I look, I'm beating dad, right? And what is the dad doing in that moment? He's building that child up, isn't he? He's, he's allowing himself to be dominated and overtaken at times so that the child can begin to believe in himself. And the psychology of this moment when dads do this with their kids is so important because the child is being affirmed by the person that they need affirmation from the most, their father. I've seen my brother do it when, when my nephews are over at our house and they're in our front yard and they do races. It's not so much the wrestling, but it's the races. And they're out there and ready, set, go. And my brother could smoke them. I'm telling you, he could smoke them every time. I think maybe still. Maybe Jake's got you. I don't know. Jake might have you. Okay. Um, but I've seen it where all of a sudden he, he's, he's making sure that he's staying right with him. And then just at the very end, he slows down just a tad so that those boys run ahead of him. And they're like, I am the champion. You know, and they're screaming. They're 
jumping up and down. What happened in that moment? They, they, they felt like, man, look what I accomplished. Look what I could do. And, and they were affirmed, and he slapped some high fives. Look at you, son. You're amazing. You did it. But the Bible tells us that Isaac loved Esau. The very thing that Jacob longed for in his life, could it, could it maybe have been the affirmation of his father, the blessing of his father that he never received willingly, but he had to take through manipulation and scheming? And so God shows up to Jacob as a wrestler to wrestle with him in that moment so that as Jacob wrestles with God, he discovers that my blessing and my affirmation comes from my heavenly father. It can't come from man. It can't come from manipulating circumstances to obtain blessing. But when I wrestle with my father, when I wrestle with God, that in and of itself is blessing because he becomes my blessing. He becomes my blessing. When we wrestle with God, for our blessing, we discover that he is our blessing. And the affirmation and blessing of man will never compare to the affirmation and blessing of our Heavenly Father. And so we look at this and it's like the man, God, is being overcome by Jacob. Really? Hmm. Because with just one touch, <laughs> he wrenches that hip out of place. Another, I'm going to put you in your place, son. And Jacob recognizes this just isn't any ordinary man. And he says, I'm not going to let go. Even in that moment in pain, excruciating, Jacob's like, there's something here and I, I can't let go. I'm not going to let go. And the man says, what's your name? Here's what we have to understand in this passage. God isn't asking Jacob what his name because God forgot. You know, wait, who's this guy that I decided to show up and wrestle with? No, he's asking Jacob his name for Jacob's benefit. Because when we confess who we truly are to God, it's an opportunity for him to change our lives and give us a new name. And so Jacob confesses, my name's Jacob. I'm the supplanter. I'm the manipulator. That's who I've been. But God, in that moment, changes his name. And he says, you're going to be called Israel. God gave Jacob the affirmation, the blessing. He changed his name. He blesses him. And the, 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 the blessing and the affirmation that Jacob had been chasing all of his life, he found in that one moment. God changed his name. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. This is the picture that we see in this moment with Jacob and the angel of the Lord. The greatest blessing of all is the change that happened in Jacob's life.
and in his heart. He receives a, a new name. He's a new day. It's a new opportunity. This moment right here points to Christ and what Christ would do on the cross. Jesus willingly laid down his life for us. He allowed himself to be overcome, if you will, for our sake, that we might be free and live with him forever so that we would know that he is our blessing, so that we would stop chasing the blessing and the affirmation of man, so that our prayers of, of God, I want this, God, I need that, God, would become, God, I want you. God, I need you. God, because if I have you, you are my blessing. You are my salvation. You are my life. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I don't, I don't know who's here this morning and can identify with Jacob. And there's some other stuff on your notes it, what God does in us, he doesn't want to just stay with us. He wants to use to impact other people's lives. But this is what I felt in this moment. You can go ahead and stand to your feet and worship team. You can, you can come on up. As I look at this, this story and this passage about Jacob, I know that there are many moments I can look at my life and I can identify with Jacob. I can identify the moments when I've, I've faced circumstances and I've just gone into high gear and I try to work it out in my own strength, try to make it happen, try to get that blessing, try to get that, you know, that job or that, that promotion or whatever it might be. And I tried to do it in my own strength, in my own power, and it just left me still wanting. And, and maybe you're here today and maybe that's you. Maybe you can identify with a bit of, of Jacob's story. Maybe you can identify with Jacob's story and longing for the affirmation and blessing of a father or an individual in your life and feeling as though you never received it. And you always worked hard for it. You always did this and you did that. And yet it seemed as though you were always falling short. And you never walk away with that blessing and that love that you longed for. Your heavenly father's inviting you to come to him to wrestle with him so that he can affirm you, so that he can bless you, so that he can show you that you can have all the things. You can have the full bank account. You can have the house. You can have the car. You can have the spouse. You can have the kids and yet still want more because there's a void in our lives that can only be filled by our Heavenly Father. There's an affirmation that we need, every single one of us, and some of us here had good fathers, and, and they've affirmed us, they've loved us, but that only goes so far. When we discover that, man, God loves us, God affirms us, God accepts us, God blesses us, God gives us a new name, a new beginning, a new start, man, we walk away from that, and we, we're, not, we're not walking away wanting, striving, manipulating. We're walking away going, knowing that who we are and whose we are. And so if you're here today and, and you realize that you've been, you've been striving, you've been, you've been trying to do a lot of things in your own strength and in your own way, and you just need to pause and you need to turn to God and just get alone with him like Jacob got alone with him. I just invite you to, to acknowledge that this morning.
or maybe you're here and, and you don't have a relationship with God. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. And you're recognizing that, man, there's still something missing. You're, there's still something missing. And this morning as you heard this, this story about Jacob, you're realizing it's, it's that relationship with God that you're missing. It's, it's the affirmation and love of your Heavenly Father that you're missing. And this morning you want to accept Christ into your life. This is your morning. This is your opportunity. Amen. Can we just do this? Can we just close our eyes this morning as I pray? God, I just thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for the passages that we have in Scripture, the, the, the encounters that individuals in the Bible had that we can learn from. Lord, we thank you for the story of Jacob. And, and many of us here today are, are having to face the Jacob in our own lives. And God, I pray for those this morning that, that, are, that are feeling like they can identify with Jacob. Trying to, trying to earn things and get things in their own strength and in their own way. If that's you this morning with our eyes closed, can you just shoot your hand up in the air so I know who I'm praying for this morning? Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Yeah. You can put your hand down. If you're here this morning and you, you would say, you know what, I, I haven't had a relationship with God and I, I've just been doing this life thing on my own, trying to, trying to make things happen in my own strength. And I'm just realizing today, I need to surrender to God. I need to ask Christ to be my Lord and Savior. And I wanna do that right now. If that's you, can you shoot your hand up in the air? Yeah, thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> God's good, amen. Here's, here's the way we do that for people here at Canvas. We don't ever let people you know, pray a prayer to receive Christ on their own. We're, we're a church family. We believe we should never do this journey of faith on our own. And so can we just join together and just repeat this prayer after me? And if you raise your hand to, to receive Christ in your life, make him your Lord and Savior, just repeat this prayer with me this morning and we're gonna all do it together. Um, God, Lord, Lord, I come to you this morning and I admit that I'm unworthy that I'm a sinner and I need you. Forgive me for my sins. Lord Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Lead me, guide me, direct me in Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I thank you for every individual that prayed that prayer today. God, those that are coming to you for the first time and others that are admitting that I've been striving, I've been working in my own strength and in my own uh, way, and today they're turning to you to receive your love, your blessing, your affirmation, God, that you would begin to intervene in their lives in a way that they never expected in Jesus' name. Now, if you're here this morning, this is the, another thing that we were feeling strongly about, and I'll turn the mic to Pastor Ben in a moment. Um, God is, God is almighty, powerful God, amen? And he can do things that we can't do. As we read the rest of the story, God did intervene and, and things worked out with Jacob and his brother. But the greatest blessing was that moment when he received the, 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 the new name, a new character, a new beginning, a new start, right? God shows up and God moves in our lives. And, and there, there are some here today that, that maybe you're here and you've been dealing with some physical ailments in your body. And, and 
this is what this is this is kind of how this relates to this passage today maybe you've been going to doctors you've been taking the medications you've been doing all the things and it still isn't working itself out you're still dealing with this this sickness or this ailment and it's time that you're like you know what I've been wrestling in all the natural ways but this morning I need to just wrestle with God I need to get God in the middle of this sickness and in this situation I need God to come and heal my body and do a miracle in my life and that's you this morning we want to pray for you this morning and so our altars are gonna be open I'm gonna turn the mic over to Pastor Ben and we're gonna we're gonna pray for any that you've been striving maybe it's not just sickness in your body maybe it's another area of your life and you need to get to get with God and you need to wrestle it out with the Lord this morning we're gonna open the altars in just a moment so we can pray with you come on yeah um, I love this passage of Scripture that uh, wasn't that a great message that uh, that she shared this morning because here's the thing is that Jacob was up against an impossible situation and there was no guarantee Jacob did not have guarantee in real time that when he met his brother that his brother still wasn't gonna kill him but here's what you need to know God was working on the other side as well God was working on Esau's heart as well and, and here's what you need to know, that right now as you're praying, you might not see the, the situation change, but here's something you need to hear today. God's working on the other side as well. God's working on the other side as well. You might not see it right now. Well, your, your job is this, is to walk in faith. Jacob's job was to walk out that encounter in faith and just say, okay, God, I'm trusting you. There's no guarantee. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and that's, that's our job as believers. Our job as believers is to hear from God, obey God, do what God's told us to do, walk in that anointing, walk in accordance to that in faith. But here's something. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you that he's working on the other end. He's working on the other end. And so here's what I want to do. Just what my wife said. I want to pray for some people that are up against some impossible situations right now. You're facing some impossible odds. You're facing, you got the diagnosis from the doctor. It seems impossible. He's working on the other side. Uh, may, may, maybe you're going through, maybe, maybe you are dealing with some addiction in your life and you've gone to the 12 steps and listen to me, I'm all about uh, going to counselors and going through programs, but listen to me, there can be one moment in God's presence that can change everything. And you need to break some addictions in your life today. Maybe your marriage is looking like it's over, um, but you don't want it to be over. Um, uh, listen to me, God's working on the other side. You, you're up against an impossible circumstance, an impossible situation. Listen, I'm looking around right now at people all over that I know how God's worked in their life. Um, um, and God showed up and did the impossible. And I believe God wants to do that. And so here's what I'm going to do right now. Um, before, I, before I dismiss, you're up against something impossible and you need prayer. I want you to get out of your seat. Come on up right now. Uh, some of our small group leaders are coming right now. Some of our prayer team's coming. But come on right now. You're impossible. Don't, don't, don't let this moment pass you by. You're, you're facing something that seems impossible. It's too difficult. Come on up here. Uh, we're going to pray for you. Can I have some of the small group leaders, some of the pastors come up? But you're facing something impossible. I believe God's going to make that a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to dismiss. And then come on, there's some other people. You're facing some impossible things. We're going to pray for you. God, we thank you so much for a great day in church. God, we thank you, Lord God, for a church that believes in the power of prayer. God, we thank you for a church that believes that when its people pray, something shifts and something happens. So God, I pray as we walk out of this place today, uh, God, if we need prayer, we would not leave until we get the prayer. But God, I also pray that as we walk out of this place today, we would know what it is to be a people of prayer that wrestle, that wrestle, that wrestle, and see great things come about in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming today.